Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the NFL Draft is here, but who is ATL Day Ones picking at eight? And if you've been watching the NBA playoffs at all, you know that anything can happen, so why not the Hawks? And last but not least, and for the culture, I feel like Prime is the only college football coach that can pull this off. We talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1s your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1s is part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of ATL Day 1s is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. But T... When you think about this mock draft and how everybody's been responding, everybody's been saying, what are you guys talking about? Oh, I love these picks and everything. But today is the day, T. We are picking number eight overall. And then, you know, I got to set it up like this. You know, I got to be extra, right? Because this is just how I get down. And with the eighth overall pick, the Atlanta Falcons select... They should select Devin Witherspoon. Oh, okay. Getting the cornerback situation going right. I I understand. I understand. And my reason, my rationale for him is this. I listen to, you can watch all the film in the world. And hey, that's great. No offense to that. I did watch some. But when I hear Steve Smith Sr. and our guy Randy McMichael speak about a corner in these terms that tells me that this guy is something special and they both use similar terms about him they both said that he's the kind of guy that'll knock well steve smith said it another way so i'm gonna paraphrase he'll knock the snot out of you right <laughs> yes okay yeah, so, uh-huh. yeah exactly. so I said, okay. and that's similar language that randy mcmichael used right and yeah. so you think about it from that perspective and then you think about the fact that you're looking for a guy who has speed A.J. Terrell can keep up with just about anybody in this league. Devin Witherspoon can keep up with just about anybody as well. And the other piece there is this. He's a thinker. Steve Smith was talking about how cerebral Devin Witherspoon is and how he'll be able to slow the game down because he's able to pick up on schemes really easily. But on the same token, he's a guy who likes to play some mind games. So he's going to go there and he might tug a little at the receiver. He might jostle a little with him. That's the kind of guy, like, you know what I was hearing in my ears, right? Ooh, he's got that dog in him. Oh, yeah. I I knew that was coming. Yeah, you know, exactly. So while you guys know that I definitely still have in mind someone who can get after the quarterback, and don't get me wrong, we still have some thoughts about that. We'll tell you about it in a minute. And also, Jarvis and I have told you that throughout our course of going through the Falcons draft picks, I just have a sneaking suspicion that while we won't maybe get that edge guy at eight, we will get somebody on defense at eight for the Falcons. Absolutely. And one of the things that, that people always or uh, scouts or uh, NFL general managers, they look for in a guy, a traits that they have is having some experience with 
the NFL game, the different type of coverages, and yeah. we know Devin Witherspoon got that because, hey, guess who was his head coach was in college? Yeah. Lovey Smith, one of and the he, more uh, respected defensive coordinators slash yeah. head coaches in the NFL. So I think that when you have that type of teaching, you know, because, you know, I would, the, the thing is like, oh, yeah, he got some of that good teaching. Devin Witherspoon got some of that good teaching while he was in college. So I, I think that that would – I would not be upset with that pick at all. Um, now, if you have missed any of our NFL, uh, part of our ATL Day 1's mock draft, you know you can check out a previous episode, episode to see who we picked and see if, hey, we probably more likely going to be right because that's how I feel about my mock draft. But, T, come on now. And with the eighth overall pick, <clears throat> the Atlanta Falcons select general manager Jarvis Davis. You know, being extra... Jalen Carter, uh, the defensive tackle out of Georgia T. When I've gone through my mock draft simulations, and you know, I was like, I've got in my mind, you know, going into this when we started doing this, is the fact that Jalen Carter won't be there because I wasn't buying into the whole oh, people take him off the draft boards or they're moving him down or he's going in the top fifteen and all that stuff. I did not buy that, and I was just like, no. at the end of the day. This cat is the t- most talented player in this draft. That's how I feel. That's just yeah. how I feel. Great. But when I start going through the simulation, I was just like, okay, this dude kept being available. So you know what? I'm going to go best player available, and I'm going to take Jalen Carter because this dude is disruptive T. He, he, he just tears up offensive linemen who aren't coming off the ball with the right leverage. And, and when you think about this is how I knew Jalen Carter was real. So, remember we were going through the draft last year and start all the rumors about Trayvon Walker was like, oh, yes. he might get drafted number one overall and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. Let me go back and watch the tape for myself because I like, I like to believe my eyeballs. Like, I understand how people, you know, do this for a living, get paid and all that stuff, but my eyes tell me what, what I need to see. So, I went back and watched the film. Pulled up, I just pulled a random game. I was like, boop, let me pop in the tape. Let me see what number 44 is talking about. Um, number 88, yes. <laughs> you know who else was on the field? A <laughs> big number 99, Jordan Davis. You know who else was on the field? Devontae Wyatt, number 95. And, and, and the first guy that popped off the tape for me, T, was number 88. And all those guys I just named, those were first-round draft backs. Yeah, so guess yeah. what? <laughs> this dude was the most talented player on that um, defensive line. It just due to circumstances, like, hey, when you have first-round draft picks, you know, part of the rotation, hey, it is what it is at the end yeah. of the day. So mm-hmm. I think Jalen Carter is the guy that if he's there, like, I, I, I'm literally sitting here, I was like, like, there's no other player to look at. So I, I think that, you know, we completed our ATL Day 1's mock draft. Like I said, if you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, make sure you go back and check out those previous episodes and go through all those players, and I, you might like what you hear or see. Now, T, we know there are some curveballs that could be thrown out there with teams trying to trade up, trade back. And I, when we talked about this, I was like, okay, we want to have a little fun with this. Now, if the Falcons trade up, who do you think they need to uh, target if they were to trade up and throw, throw everybody a curveball? I'm like, oh, wow, they're going to trade up? Who is the player that you think that the Falcons should uh, check out? And that's why I chose Devin Witherspoon for my number eight pick because I said, okay, he is the top corner in the draft. And like we mm-hmm. said, he's seen it all playing in, in the Big Ten. You know, he's, he's played some of the best and been able to hold his own. However, the other reason that I – 
chose him as my number eight pick is because I don't think Jalen Carter is going to be there. So I think that the Falcons are probably going to have to trade up to get him for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. I can recall that conversation as well, like you, me, and the world saying, okay, but wait, the best player on Georgia's defense has not even been drafted. That was the conversation last year. And I know another eye test. When I see you pick somebody up off the ground with like little or no effort, like he did. Like a little boy. Like a little boy. He was like a rat dog. Yeah. I mean, he was like a boy. He was like a man amongst men in that moment alone. Oh my goodness. I just feel like, yes, there's all the conjecture. Yes, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And yes, he has had some challenges off the field that have definitely impacted him. But mm-hmm. I think when Drew Rosenhaus came out and said, we will not be meeting with any teams that are not in the top 10, I think that really cemented the confidence that they have that not only will he be top 10, but honestly, that he's probably going to be top five or six. And I just feel like I don't feel like the Falcons will have to go very far up because I still feel like this is going to be a bit of a quarterback run at the top. But mm-hmm. I have a speaking suspicion that if they want Jalen, they're definitely going to have to go up to get him. And let me tell you something, Jarvis. I wouldn't be mad if they went up to snag him because I believe that he will prove himself worthy of it. Absolutely. And and the guy that I feel like has proved himself to be worthy of a trade-up is <clears throat> Will Anderson T. And you know there's been a lot of people out here just downing this man. I'm just like, what are y'all talking about? What are y'all looking at? Because, so, you know, me, like, when people start, when the rumbling start happening to you and people start talking about situations, I go back. Because I know I've watched, you know, SEC football. Mm -hmm. I've seen Will Anderson play. I understand what type of situation you got going on. But I went back. I went back again. I'm just like, okay, let me go see what's going on. I was like... I would take him. I would if the Falcons were to trade up for Will Anderson T. Like, I would be so overjoyed. As yeah. as a matter of fact, I might run outside in front of my house with my shirt off, screaming up and down the street, like, "Hey, this the Falcons got a dude. They finally got a dude that is going to be able to be disruptive, and he's he's solid in the run game too. When that man put his hand in the dirt and knows that it's a a, a running situation, he is ready to knife in there to go get the job done. So. Yeah, that's my my pick for uh, if the Falcons were to trade up. That's who they should target, hands down. Now, if they were to trade back, T, who are you looking at? And I'm still kind of feeling like this is the most likely scenario. I feel like if we kind of ranked them, going back, trading back is the most likely for the Falcons, followed by staying at eight. I honestly feel like trading up is probably the least likely of those three scenarios. But that said on the trade back situation. Now that's where I'll probably go back to in the trenches on the offensive side of things, because Steve Avila, the one good thing about him is he already plays left guard, but he can legit play tackle and center if you need him to. And we Mm -hmm. talked about that yesterday, just that versatility, if there's a need for that. And he's also a guy who, when literally going up against the best of the best, we just called him out Jalen Carter. He held Mm -hmm. his own. He held his own. And there are not a lot of guys across college football that can say hey he held his own so again if there's an opportunity to maybe move back a little bit and maybe get some additional assets i would not be mad if this is the way that the falcons chose to go and i'm i'm going on the offensive side of the football offensive line specifically interior offensive line i'm going to go with osiris torrance like the guard it. out of florida t yeah, i, I absolutely forth, so yes. like this dude <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, he's probably about my size, and, and he's he's a he's a refrigerator type dude. And when I mean refrigerator, he's a guy you don't want to meet in the back alley. They just put it like that. So I think that he's a guy who's going to go out there and compete. He competes in the a pass game as well. You know, a lot of times offensive linemen they have to balance between being aggressive and being able to be passive. You know, passive aggressive. That's the only time I, that when that's actually a good thing. Be passive, mm-hmm. being passive aggressive. So, right. um, he's a guy that I got my eyes on down in the senior bowl as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's a guy I really like. So, and the that's Falcons a great were, point. That's a yeah. great point because you're right. When we look at one of the strengths of, and of course, just giving this as an example, but you look at the strength of a Caleb McGarry and his, of course, is is run blocking and protection. Well, Steve Avila and even, like you said, Osiris Torrance, they both were kind of given some high ranks and high marks for being able to be really solid in pass protection. So, yeah, I really, like like I said, he was my 1B. I was going back and forth, so I'm co-signing with you on him. Absolutely. I'm glad we're on the same page when it comes to trading back. Yeah, get some more assets and then go ahead and solidify that offensive line and stop playing around. We're not playing around with y'all today. You see how – how we got it popping yeah. off up in this thing, and man. I you know what? <laughs> you know what's coming up next, though? We're talking about the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young, do he have his gardening tools at the crib? We'll talk about that next. But first, we got to talk about Built Bar. Built.com, to be exact, it is the number one protein bar in the United States of America. We talk about number ones a lot on this show. And we don't only, we're only going to talk about number ones when it comes to products. When you come talking about the number one protein bar, you're talking about calories, you know, you're worrying about, you're trying to get your life together, trying to work out, trying to get everything popping off. Go get yourself a Built Bar. And guess what? We've been telling you guys all the time to go to Built.com, go to Built.com, go to Built.com. But guess what? If you're tired of ordering and sitting up in your house and ordering Built Bars, and you want to go out into a storefront and go see what's going on, you can go to Walmart and Sam's Club right now. Sam's Club, you can go get the big boy box. If you just want to get a little small box, you can go to Walmart and go check them out. Because I've been getting my workout on. Y'all see how I've been. Man, y'all see. Man, look, man. I ain't going to play around with y'all today. Y'all see how I get down today. We up here doing this thing. T getting her workout on, too. She doing it at Planet Fitness, too. That's a free advertiser. But anyway, yeah, we out here getting it in, doing our thing. So why don't you, if you want to get it in, do your thing. Go to built.com and go get your order. Or you can go to Walmart and Sam's Club and order them as well. The Hawks are back home trying to order up another dub. It's game six at State Farm Arena tonight. And Jarvis, you can feel the excitement in the air here in the city. It's palpable because, of course, we've got the Braves trying to sweep the Marlins. And it's just always sweet when they can get a sweep against a team in their division. Then we've got, as we've just spoken about, it's draft time. It's finally here. Also so much going Christmas on. Day. Yes. But State Farm Arena is going to be on fire tonight because this Sunday, just four or five days ago, Jarvis, Most of us thought this was impossible. And now here we are on the brink of tying this series up and forcing a game seven. But not only looking at the performance of the Hawks in the fourth quarter, particularly in game five, but looking across the entire NBA landscape, we saw the Heat, a play-in team, the first play-in team to win a playoff series in the history of play-ins. We saw them take down the top seed. Now, granted, top seed was a little bit hampered, but a takedown is a takedown. So they're Contest done. King. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We yep. everybody had left the Warriors for dead, and all of a sudden they're up three two in the series. And who would have thought when the Cavaliers did what they did to get Donovan Mitchell that the Knicks would have disposed of them in five games? 
Like so, yesterday's trash. Exactly. <laughs> like, why did you even show up? That's that kind of disposing. So looking across the landscape, looking back here at State Farm Arena, I mean, Jarvis, are you feeling like there's a vibe? Like, hmm, the Hawks might actually get this game and force this game seven, and then is anybody serious? Wow. It's hard not to, right? Because when you think about what Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat did, like, they were the worst, the worst scoring team in the entirety of the NBA. Like, they did not score points. But when you think about – It looked like trash against the Hawks. Yeah, they look they look awful. Like they look sweep worthy uh, uh, going up against the Milwaukee Bucks b- before that series got started. So when when I think about that aspect of it, because here, but there is the underlying theme here with all of these games and all of these series, right? I just named Jimmy Butler the dude, right? And, and who's the dude for the Atlanta Hawks? I think it's pretty safe to say that it's number eleven. Yeah. I think number eleven is the dude, and he's been proven that he's the dude in these last three games. And because the numbers have been off the charts, Steve, the way he's been playing, closing out 14 straight against the uh, against the Boston Celtics in the garden on the road, you know, last shot of the game saying, hey. And, and then one thing that people haven't really pointed out that I thought was just it just really shows you how good this cat can be or how great this cat can be is like people don't know that Marcus Smart, he was coming to double team. Yes. And then before the, the double team even came, Trey understood, like, all right, I know if this dude comes to double team right now, I'm not going to be able to get this shot off. So, you know what? I know it's like 1.8 seconds or a little bit over uh, almost two seconds left on this clock, but I got to get this this shot off because I got a good look now and I got Jalen Brown on on his heels, um, ready to uh, – waiting to see what I'm going to do. So, yeah. I think that when you talk about that, T – I guess I, I guess I'm talking myself into it because initially I was kind of like, oh, oh no, you know, no expectations, no expectations. Sure, but sure. like when you talk about that gut and, and given how things are going right now in these in these playoff series, like this is a theme. This is not mm-hmm. just an anomaly. Right. I really wholeheartedly feel if Trey continues to bring his game and we get something from JC, something yeah. from Bogey, and Dejounte Murray comes back with a vengeance. Why wouldn't they have an ch- opportunity to go to get play in the game seven? Yeah, I think you all. I, I think that suspension was really something that. And don't get me wrong. If you think about it, before we started to see playoff trade come back, and even in game three when we saw playoff trade return, Dejounte Murray has still been the best player in this series. Yeah, exactly. In Absolutely. the series to date, so the best player in the series is coming back tonight. And Trey Young said. He's excited about that. He said he can't wait for his guy to come back. The reason I mentioned that is because that tells me that he's saying, okay, yeah, I, I needed to do what I needed to do in game five to get us to game six, but we're about to do this backcourt thing once again and show them that we have a formidable backcourt just like they do. Mm-hmm. And we can show basketball IQ and accounts because you know, that's my favorite term. And that was such a superb basketball IQ moment for him to see the double team on its way double team hadn't really even set yet but he could see the double team coming and even can see you know what they're probably thinking i'm gonna drive and i'm gonna try to go for two and you know an and one situation because they're only down by one you didn't need a three-pointer exactly and that's what jalen brown said he was like they were only down by one so they needed three so he thought he was gonna go in try to drive the lane get contact and then go to the free throw line to either win it there or to possibly send it to overtime 
But when you have the kind of confidence Trey has and shooter's going to shoot and you're Quinn Snyder's telling you to keep shooting, that's exactly what you're going to do. So like you said, just want to kind of see all of those things to come together. The only other pieces I, I want to see, and actually have nothing to do with Trey, it goes back to what you said about the others. I just want JC to continue. 22 points was grand, but even if that comes back to like 16 or 17, that's fine. You get me more boards. <laughs> yes. Yeah, get me more boards. Yes. Get me more blocks. Some offensive rebounds. Yeah. Like, Give some yeah. help on the perimeter defense. Yeah. That's where I need you to be. So, like you said, every player being able to see, okay, how can I uptick my game just one more level so that I can force this series to a game seven? If that happens, I have no reason not to believe that the Hawks can pull this off tonight. And and I'm glad you brought up one thing that's going to be really important for tonight as well. Quinn Snyder. Like, the Hawks finally made Boston think. They made them make an assumption. And now it's up to Missoula to make a necessary adjustment because coming off on that pick and roll, those guys have been that playing that drop coverage, right? And yep. now that Trey shot is going – you gonna have to fight through those picks. Yep. <laughs> you, you you can't be doing no switching and all that good stuff. Like it's gonna be some adjustments that have to be made, and I'm very interested to see how they come out. You know, guard and Trey when they come when they do go into that pick and roll because we know it's coming. The picks are coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like they're gonna try to get isolated on on, on Al Horford, and that's mm-hmm. been working really well for the Hawks. So I, I'm really interested to see what type of adjustments Missoula makes, and then the counter. What Quinn Snyder comes up with, I think that's going to be very key for the Atlanta Hawks tonight. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that was the commentary or at least part of the commentary in that Bucks heat game that went to overtime. Yeah, Literally, Giannis Antetokounmpo, okay, he's tall, right? So you've got him defending it against the inbound. But where's Brooke Lopez? Where is he to be in that game to give you some additional offense and maybe a little bit of defense? But – that was the question, right? So yeah. that's the decision that Mike Budenholzer made that wasn't the right call. Yeah. Eric Spolster made the right calls to get them to overtime and then made some critical moves to get them to a win in overtime. That is exactly what you need to get from Quinn Snyder. You need him to continue to play chestnut checkers when he's thinking on what Joe Mazzula might do. And then it is incumbent upon this nine-man rotation to then say, okay, Quinn Snyder has said it in the first half. He's reset it in the second half. Now it is time for the Hawks to execute. And that can be from any given space. We don't care who, who's going to you know, win it. But I will tell you one more X factor whom I'm looking to have just a little bit of an uptick and maybe get back to where he was in game three. And even kind of at the beginning of the series, the bench mob 2.0, but particularly Onyeka Okongwu, because he was a little bit quieter in maybe the last couple games than he was in the first few. So he might be a sneaky X factor, not named a starter, whom I think could make a difference tonight as well. Yeah, I, if double O gets going, like like you said, and I think that another X factor type guy that I really feel that can make a big impact on this game and not necessarily from a number standpoint is Jalen Johnson. I think Indeed. if Jalen Johnson Indeed. continues to defend like he, he's been doing, you know, uh, for the most part, as far as defending out on the perimeter and offensive rebounding, I think that is going to be so key because I'm finally starting to see the whole Quinn Snyder shoot the shot. Shoot it. I get it. You know, I, I understand it because the Hawks, you know, start shooting those bad boys and he started making them. And it, it put Boston in a situation where they couldn't put them away. And the Hawks kept sticking around. And then, and actually, I think when 
when Trey started to turn the Super Saiyan and, and you know start doing this thing in the fourth quarter, it was just like it was nothing Boston can do. So yeah, yeah. that's what I'm. I, I really feel like that is that's a part of the key to the game as well. Yeah. Continue to shoot your shot. Don't be afraid. And then at the end of the day, once some bad boys start falling, you're gonna find yourself in a position to win the game in the fourth quarter. Indeed. And yeah, I, I absolutely. I want to see smart basketball like we've been seeing. Spacing has been good. Ball movement has been good. Keep that going. Protect the ball. And yeah, you have more than a shot in the fourth quarter. Now, that's what we have to say. What do you everydayers have to say about this? Our people who have been with us from day one of ATL Day Ones, we appreciate you and we ask you to just continue to tell a friend about it as well because, hey, you guys have been the ones who have rocked with us and you tell us when it's good and not that you've told us that it hasn't been good, so we appreciate you for that as well. But don't forget... Always check us out on YouTube. You can actually see these fine fits that we wore to talk a little bit of Falcons draft. And don't forget, wherever you download your podcast, that's where you can get to us as well. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. Sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because it's just how we get down on the show today. It's no different. I think Prime T is probably one of the most talked about college football coaches in this offseason uh, uh, cycle. Um, and, and I think that one of the thing, one of the reasons why is because he is a guy that doesn't mind being in front of the camera. And he, there is a camera always running when <laughs> all the time, all of the time, all of the time, you know, and, and I think a lot of people feel their way about it, you know, and I think that his, his, his colleagues, his, his other college football coaches, probably that's something that they probably would never do. But I think that Prime is making it work. And when you think about all of those, you know, guys transferring out, going into the transfer portal, and we all know when he had that first meeting with those guys, he was like, man, I got my Louis bags and I got my luggage and I'm bringing it with me and all this stuff, right? So guys listened to that and they they went on about their way. But in actuality, that's how college football coaches talk. And, and, And Prime doesn't mind that stuff getting out there. But do you think this is something that a trend that other college football coaches might start to follow though? Oh, I don't know because it's a little bit tricky when you're dealing with college students, right? right. So when we're talking about that HBO series, Hard Knocks, right. and it's sort of reality style, it's like, okay, well, they are professionals at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So they can handle it a little bit differently. Now, granted, this generation who's in college right now, okay, they live their lives on social media. So maybe maybe from that (laughs) perspective, if we trend reality or somehow this becomes a reality show, they may be able to manage it. But I'm like, man, I mean, you already have NIL situations going on. Then you actually have to play the game. Now you're going to add a layer to it. And not that you're there completely and totally everybody to get an education. But I mean, it is college. So I'm just wondering, because you wouldn't be able to focus all the attention on Dion. I mean, you're going to catch all the extras at some point. So at what point do you kind of draw the line there? If indeed, which some people were kind of buzzing about when he released his most recent video, whether or not this is the prelude to a reality show. And I'm like, mm, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good look. Because think about it. Imagine Kirby Smart with a reality show with a camera following him around. Like the amount of expletives that would have to be beeped 
that bleeped out during practice because they don't even let the guys who report the team report on right. the team cover the team every day. They can't watch practice. They basically watch them stretch and warm up and stuff. That's why yeah. I still can't get that whole college football reporting thing. I was like, I would be so frustrated. <laughs> but you know, those have those guys have so much control, and I think that they would lose some of that if they, you know. To the, to the camera and that's the last entity that they will want to lose to as far as that camera and all that stuff that they say and do to these kids be out there not to say that they putting their hands on them or anything like that but like I've heard college football coaches say some things T that I can't say on this show and right. you know I will be you know I might get in trouble if I try to repeat them so I, I think Prime ultimately is the, probably the guy that only guy that can probably pull this off at this moment and I will be very interested to see who would try it. I know none of the old heads, the Dabos and the Kirby's and none of that. Nick, yeah, they're not trying to pull it off. But I'd be interested to see if somebody try to come along and try to pull it off. But T, like I, I have, I want to, I want to apologize again. Like this is back to back days. I've been apologizing. We missed the ATL Day One's national holiday yesterday. Uh, yesterday was the day that we celebrate. One of the greatest albums ever to come out in hip-hop history. Southern playlistic Cadillac music by those dudes. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Trey Young was repping, repping those dudes when, uh, when he was up in Boston uh, for the last game in game five. So, yeah, T, like, we got to celebrate these guys. ATL Day 1's national holiday, Southern playlistic Cadillac music. Hey, man, hey, shout out to those guys. Come on, now, we can't miss those guys. Exactly. And, you know, Trey also played his way into honoring Outkast because he basically went up there and said, the South got something to say. So oh, I feel gosh. like in his own way, oh, he honored Outkast with his play. <laughs> and I am sure somehow, some way, Outkast is going to seep into the building at State Farm Arena. I don't know if the individual will actually be there, but I know yeah, that music yeah. is going to be resonating. The spirit of Outkast will be there, the I'm sure. Of will be there. <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, that to me was a seminal moment in the history of hip hop because I literally can always recall the first time I heard a cut from that album and was like, who are they? I need to hear more. And so, sat there and, let's, and literally listened through the entire yes. album. Amen. I'm going literally going to turn it on as soon as we finish recording this show. So yeah. guess what, guys? That's it for today. How about this? And we thank you guys for bringing your spirit to ATL Day Ones and making it your first listen of the day. We really appreciate you guys for that. And... Wherever you download your podcast, you can find us there as well. And we rocking with you each and every day, Monday through Friday. We dropping episodes. All those people who've been picking us up each and every day, everydayers, they're part of the crew. They're part of the cool kids. What are you doing to become a part of the cool kids? So if you want to do that, make sure you drop a comment right there in that box down there. Just put every day. That's all you got to do. You know, real smooth, real cool with it. That's how we get down. So the play like Cadillac, Cadillac music. I can't even get it out, T. It's so hitting me in my soul. I got to go check it out right now. But, folks, one last thing before we get out of here. Got to say this. Do it each and every day. People, if you don't do anything else with your life, and we like, the people do, we like for people to do stuff with their lives because, hey, it's just how we get down. Got to be better. You know, make sure, make sure, make sure that you share love, Show love, and most importantly, spread love.